Hey guys, uh, this is Taylor. I just wanted to real quick get on the mic here um, as I was just finishing editing this podcast uh, for your consumption. And I just wanted to say a couple of things. Uh, first off, I apologize for the sound. It is a little wonky. Uh, we recorded this one at Emily's place and um, I think I had some of the settings on our soundboard just a little odd. Um, so we sound kind of harsh and I have tried to lower some of the levels on our louder points so that we're not blowing out your eardrums. Uh, we might just sound a little bit crunchier than usual. So again, I apologize for that. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, and then the second thing is uh, we are talking about a pretty big widespread issue uh, in the form of uh, just a couple of specific stories this time. We have our friend Kat with us and uh, by the end we get uh, pretty loopy because we are drinking during the podcast and you will hear that happening. Um, and I just wanted to say uh, none of us were doing that uh, because we took the situation or the stories lightly. They were in fact really heavy and hard to deal with and um, you know, I think anybody who listens to podcasts like this, they know that laughter comes out of being upset and not really having anything to do with that. Um, so there is a lot of sort of yelling and laughter and taking of shots uh, when we just sort of can't handle the facts of the situation anymore. Um, but that doesn't mean that we take the situation lightly. Um, it doesn't mean that we think these stories are funny or that the things that happen to the survivors are funny. Um, it's super not. It's so, so not that sometimes it's hard to do anything but sort of sit there and laugh about some of the sillier parts because that's the only way you know how to deal with it. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, that's probably something you understand. But because of how important this topic is and how wide ranging it is and how many people it affects, um, I wanted to be super clear on that and make sure we were all on the same page, um, that everything we're doing is out of a place of love and wanting to teach people and ourselves new things and uh, keep talking about these really, really important stories in a way that is palatable uh, to us and to our listeners. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> I really do. And uh, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Bye. telling you that cat basically almost invited a crazy person i didn't no i okay. thought about it all right so okay um you talked again <laughs> you already <laughs> talked you talked that's the you only way talked. i can introduce myself hey guys cat's just... here hi and she hey almost guys. gave our address to a crazy person on the internet to get some free merch what it was signed. who was having a meltdown it was signed by whom uh ezra miller what the fuck? Is so, that what you... basically, on Tumblr.com... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tumblr.com? <laughs> Tumblr.com? Yeah. <laughs> Where you log in and go to Tumblr.com. <laughs> anyway, um, there, there is, you know, I follow celebrities I really like because I have a fucking problem. And one of them is Ezra Miller because he plays The Flash and he's in Harry Potter and blah, 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 blah. Basically, this girl on Tumblr who seemed pretty cool started uh, saying that Ezra Miller was contacting her via non-messages on Tumblr Messenger and had, like, copied her style and her looks what and yeah yeah what yeah <laughs> what the fuck and was like accusing everybody of being this like huge like army that just didn't see and that like ezra has followed her and copied her for ages 
Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna keep it short, but like, it was like, are are you are you okay? And then she was like, well, since Ezra's decided to end all of this, I'm giving away all my stuff <laughs> because he's a fake person. And I was like, I one of the stuff was a signed like limited edition of Sons of Illustrious Father who. Is Ezra Miller's band, and what if I just, what if I just, you know, sign, give them my address if I win, and then I And then I it. reminded her, it's not just her address. Right. Y'all live together. Yeah. <laughs> On top of that, there are other people in this building. <laughs> I have the quote. You need a Of what you sent me. Saying, yes. it's amazing. So now she's giving away all her stuff, and I'm like... Yeah, I want an autographed thing, but do I want her to know my address? See, I questioned it. I'm learning. <laughs> Truth. Truthy Penimanini. Yeah, that is um, <laughs> really something you want to avoid. I'm glad that um, you did You did have the presence of mind to be like, hey, maybe this isn't great. I'm learning. Yeah, no, I'm, you're getting I'm, there. I'm slowly getting survival instincts. We like to think it's because of this podcast, but it's probably just like living on the earth, too. Mm, I think no. it's living with Emily. Yeah. Just, just being real. That's <laughs> legit. No, that's legit. If the uh-oh feeling uh, or anyone involved with it has ever helped you uh, not do a horrible thing, please let us know about it. <laughs> Uh-oh.dailygravy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories about Thank how you. you didn't cat. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you very much. Don't do a cat, guys. I can't be mad because you guys are right. That's the problem. <laughs> Speaking of cat. Yes. This is actually relevant to our topics for today. Oh, so we could segue? We can segue. Let's hop on our segues. And go on over to the topic. We decided to do something very different. Something we kind of talked about doing. And... It's timely as fuck. It's timely as fuck. Thanks to Oprah and politics. Let's not, by the way, talk about whether we think Oprah should run for president. Like, just uh, saying moratorium on that conversation. She throw it out there, bread. no. <laughs> she loves She loves bread. <laughs> yeah, this, can is, I... this is all we know about her platform, people. Let's stop talking about it. With that, we wanted to talk about Reese Taylor and Black Wall Street. Survivors slash... of Black Wall Street and the, the Tulsa race riot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people don't know about because yeah. it's not covered in history classes. I didn't know about it. I thought it'd be important for Kat to be in on this episode in all her Canadian glory. Yes. You guys have a different history. She also didn't realize the KKK was still active. Yeah, that blew my mind. Yeah, that's upsetting, right? It's yeah. like an upsetting yeah. fact we all like, live with. I knew that racists are still going to be fucking garbage racists, but I didn't realize that it was still like an actual... We're still the KKK. We're still here. We're still organized. We got yeah. them white sheets ready to go. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> they just wear the white sheets less and they tweet more. That's yeah. all of it's changed, really. They got them more organized. <laughs> yeah. They're subtle about it. So um, we're starting off on a god-fucking-damn-it note, and I think it's only going to ramp up from there. Woo! Um, also, I just want to point out, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm black. Yes. I hey. say anything that... Coming from probably a white person would be inappropriate. <laughs> I'm not. Right. Do not do not uh, at us. Please don't at us about this. <laughs> um yeah, and feel free to I'm I'm a, a white lady, so <laughs> So you can't we at her. We historically suck us white ladies. Yeah, that's true. Um so please feel free to at me. 
Uh, you can't find my Twitter, <laughs> but you can email us. Um, let me know how I'm wrong. I like to think that because I'm in the room with Emily right now, she'll fucking tell my ass. Oh, we'll you just better record, believe we'll it. We'll just edit out the part where she sets us on fire. Yeah. I'll put a content warning if we get lit on fire at any point. Um, <laughs> podcast about to get lit. <laughs> no, it's bad. It's so bad. Um, oh, God. Well, shall we start with your story then, Emily? Let's sure. jump right in. I'm, I'm going to um, hate it. I'm so prepared to be upset. Yeah. Great. Okay. Deep breaths, everyone. So, Racy Taylor was born in Abbeville, Alabama. I think I'm saying that right. Abbeville? Abbeville. Sure. A-B-B-E-V-I-L-L-E. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm not going to say it a whole bunch. Yeah. So, she was born in Alabama. <laughs> Just right up there in the south. Right up there. <laughs> right up there. She was born during the Jim Crow era. Not great. No. Not, not great. Rough times? At all. Bad times. Which, for anyone who doesn't know... Thank you. <laughs> I'm just dumb, I it swear was to God. laws in the South on both state and local levels. They're basically segregation laws with breakdowns of what you could and couldn't do. The separate bathrooms, no going to school together, oh, no interracial okay, marriages. Okay, I didn't realize it had a title. Yep, yep. Jim Crow laws. Yep. Jim Crow laws. It's trash. Yep. So her mom died when she was 17. Dang. Okay. Gross. Yeah. And she still kept working the land that they were renting. What else are you going to do, and I then, suppose? Yeah, took care of her six siblings. Mm-hmm. And then she got married when she was 24. Hey, that's, like, decent. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Her maiden name was Corbett. And then she married Willie Guy Taylor. They had a daughter named Joyce Lee. Mm-hmm. Taylor. Right. Everybody's got them. Triple name. Yeah, we on that triple name. That's fine. This when shit gets bad. Oh no. So she sure. got married in 1944. She was 24. Mm-hmm. She then was kidnapped on her way home from church. Oh, that escalated super quick. Yarp. September 3rd, 1944. Oh man. So she was just married. Just married. Like, like she just had the baby. The baby oh. was tiny. Damn. The baby wasn't with her or anything. No. Was it? Oh, okay. She was walking home from church with her friend. What's up, Fanny Daniel? And then <laughs> Fanny Daniel's teenage son, West. Mm. A car pulled up on the side of the road, and U.S. Army Private Herbert Lovett. Oh. What? Wait. Yeah. Great. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Gotta love the South in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> and see, this is when I, like, start to get mad at all the people who are like, oh, the 40s and 50s were such a great period of time. Yeah, if you were white! Yeah. <laughs> if you were white and, like, also kind of rich. Yeah. Like, like every other time, to be if really honest. If you were right, white, rich dude. Wait, that's, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. You could time travel to anywhere you want if you were yeah, white, rich dude. you could get dude. away with it. Mm-hmm. But if you weren't, you were fucked. Shit is fucked. So she's kidnapped. So she's kidnapped. Private Lovett and six other men. Oh my who god! Were all armed. <gasps> they did not take Fanny. Okay. Just her. So yeah. Maybe because she had a son with her. I don't know. Yeah. So they made a false accusation against something that she'd apparently done. Oh, witch hunts! Night. I love those. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
because she'd been with Fanny all day at church. So they were saying, like, you did something earlier. Southern woman. Mm -hmm. They were saying, like, you you did something earlier. Yeah, now you've got to pay for it. Ugh. Yep, so they they forced her. What? Did they say what specifically, or was it just The citation on it is not solid, Uh, so. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it all sounds like garbage either way. Yeah, but it was a false accusation. That much everyone can agree on. Mm-hmm. They forced her into the car. Gar- gar- they forced her <laughs> into the car at gunpoint. Ugh. Drove her out to a pack of trees, and then dumped her out on the side of the road. They forced her to remove her clothing. <gasps> no. With a quote saying, "Get them rags off, or I'll kill you and leave you down here in the woods." Oh my god. Wait, she survives, though, or this yes. wouldn't be the uh-oh for you. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> she begged to be returned home to her family, mentioned her husband and infant child. They ignored her. Six of them? Raped her. She was raped by six of the men. Oh, my God. And then they left her on the side of the road. Oh, Reese. Yeah. And told her to keep her mouth shut. Of course. Yeah. Did but she, she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, girl. That's why we know this story. Because <laughs> Reese Taylor would not be brought down. Get it, Reese. Well, I just. I mean, okay. Hold on. <laughs> all right. That's Don't get too excited. Look, yet. we were all ha- ready to be happy again. <laughs> Don't get too excited. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So she goes to the cops. The story also gets to the NAACP and their base in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So the police do identify the men. They don't call any of them in. One of them was fined $250, (laughs) which is equivalent to $3,480 approximately. Okay, so like a hefty fine, but like... What did yeah. they? What did they even get him for when they couldn't get the rest of them? Is it like Al Capone? Was it like tax evasion? <laughs> he was the driver, so I think that's all they could get to stick because they brought it yeah. in front of two grand juries, and neither of the grand juries indicted. Okay. Granted, Fuck. this was 1945 when they did it, and but didn't it that was whole all thing white happen- men. Did, wait, didn't that whole thing happen in 1944? Yeah. So yeah, but, but is that time, normal? Yes. The, the legal system okay. is slow. Legal, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's, Especially since it was September, you said. And it was an assault against a black woman, so they're going to yeah. drag their feet. And you <gasps> said every both grand juries are all white mm-hmm. men. White males. Great. Cool. Jury of your peers uh, really, mm. really happening at that this is, time. Yeah. That's just going to that's gonna help bring everything to justice, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. White men well, are NAACP, they were horrible. Mm-hmm. They were horrible, horrible people. Mm-hmm. The NAACP, though, sent down their best investigator... An activist <laughs> against sexual assaults on black women. Mm-hmm. Her oh. name might be familiar. What was her name? Rosa Parks. Yes, but really? So she was, I think, I think we briefly mentioned this before, but like she, she's the whole like sit, sit at the back of the bus, no, screw you sort of lady, right? Yes. Sorry. Right. She, she started sorry. the Montgomery, Montgomery bus boycott. Yeah. But like she was like in it to win it before that even happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was so heavily she's, involved. She's basically she's she's a she's an awesome lady. Yeah. She's yep. um she's dope as fuck. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. excited about their this. Asses. She got an article run in the Chicago Defender, which was a national African American audience focus. Sure. And they she got it on the front page. 
Nice. Ooh. It was called Victim of White Alabama Rapists, Oof. and it profiled Taylor and the case. Sweet. Yeah. So Full the show. only reason it went in front of a jury was because of the NAACP. Because Rosa Parks took it back to Montgomery. She got all the influential men she could find in the Montgomery community and formed the Alabama Committee for Equal Justice and pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, part of that was, was, it was like, oh, well, it's been, like, publicized all over the place, not just Alabama, so now we got to do something? So, sorry, in 1944, they took it in front of the jury, so they Mm -hmm. did get it all done in the same year. Cool. Yes. But no one had been arrested. Mm -hmm. There was never a police lineup, so she was never formally allowed to identify her attackers, either there or in court. Great. Yeah, thanks, I the the (laughs) 250 charge was the bond that was placed on Wilson. What? And his accomplices. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The day after the hearing. It's just a bond. Yeah. Great. And then the jury dismissed the case, and... They wouldn't indict it. Can we talk about, um, so Kat... Oh, my God. Kat's been using stuffed animals to help her through this. It felt right. And she just put uh, Black Panther (laughs) in front of us to sort of angrily stare at us as we learn these horrible things, um, which is making me a little uncomfortable. (laughs) I feel like he thinks we thought we should have already known this story. I should have. Are you kidding? There's no excuse for this. Look, I didn't, uh, until I listened to Oprah's speech... So much of this is not... Covered in American history. Right. I didn't know who Reese Taylor was for the longest time, and that is, like, horrible. So much of the civil rights movement mm-hmm. isn't covered in history class. So. Mm. You guys want to get mad? No. I'm already kind of mad. I mean, right. yeah, let's get angry. Guess how long the jury deliberated before dismissing the case. Don't. Don't. Oh, my God. Um, less than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Is it? Should I Should I keep guessing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> less than five minutes. There. Five minutes. Ah! Five minutes for what verdict? Like to dismiss the case that they weren't. Oh, to dismiss it. To, that they weren't moving forward with pressing charges. Five minutes. Yep. Like they all walked. Like five minutes is them walking into the room, they getting didn't a even drink walk of water. Into the room. They were talking in the hallway and yeah. they went, "Yeah, yeah, fuck this." <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, though, fuck this. And then they just turned back around and came back in and are like, "Now we got it." Yeah. No. Oh. Mm. White yeah. men. Yep. White men. So, cats down. Wow, we are less than halfway through. Uh, Wait till you fucking hear some shit. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, So, take breath. We're going to have to do, like, the harp thing that I do when we go and get more wine. (laughs) Because, like, the shit is not good over here. Yeah. (laughs) I brought a small bottle of Baileys with me. She's already drinking out of it. It was her emergency Baileys. (laughs) Okay. I, just, I hate, I hate, I hate people. Just, how's Reese right? Taylor doing? Yeah. So after the trial, mm-hmm. she received multiple death threats. Her house was firebombed oh by my white God. supremacists. What? Oh my God. Mm. So she, her husband and child moved in with her family so her father and siblings could help protect her from the other death threats. Jesus Christ. They the did case- not go outside after dark. The case was thrown out. And yeah. yet, this is still and happening. This is still happening. Yep. Jesus. And she didn't even normally go outside during the day. Mm. Um, so she, she was, was basically in prison in her own fucking house. Yes. Yeah. 
Because she wasn't just scared of... She didn't even do anything. Yeah, she was she black. She did zero. Well, this yeah. This got out there, mm-hmm. and then it was thrown out in court. So and everyone thought it was a false accusation. Right. But either way, like, I bet white supremacists, even if they were like, yeah, maybe it did happen, maybe I know those guys... I don't care. Like, she probably deserved it. Yep. Because they're white supremacists. Well, here's the thing. So, (laughs) you're looking at this from the perspective that they're viewing her as a human being. Right. And they don't. They super don't. Oh, my God. It does not matter to them. The dehumanization of black people during this time period was huge. It's why they could get away with lynch mobs Mm -hmm. and why when they were doing marches, the cops didn't mind spraying them down with fire hoses or letting the dogs out at them or beating them to a bloody pulp because they didn't view them as people. Right. And for anyone playing along at home, if you're seeing any parallels in how people are being treated today. I don't want to play along at home. Well, we're all doing it It's already happening. We live in this country. It's 2018. I want (laughs) to drink and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, bitch. (laughs) But not everybody has that luxury, so buckle up, buttercup. Anyway, back back to poor, poor, poor. And she wasn't the only one. There's so many unnamed victims of sexual assault from during the civil rights movement. I believe that. People who crow. People who didn't even report, I'm sure, because what would be the point? Yeah. There was Melba Patio Mm -hmm. was a 12-year-old Arkansas girl. A white man chased her into the woods Tried to pull her underwear off and rape her and yell, and I'll show you N-words the Supreme Court can't run my life. That, mm. that was on 1954, May 17th, the afternoon the Supreme Court announced its decision in Brown versus the Board of Education. That desegregated our schools. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's awesome. Holy fucking, fucking shit. Fucking goddamn it. Mother's Day. 1956. Why is this happening? Why are you doing this thing? (laughs) Annette Butler was raped by four men in Tylertown, Mississippi. Dylan, Ollie Dylan, was his brother. (laughs) Fucking white people. They only knew like three names. Olin Duncan and Dorora Duncan, who were cousins. What the fuck? They were out searching for a black woman to rape. Oh. Oh my. Yep. So they had a shotgun. They went into the house of Stennis Butler. So they just, like, flat out, like, just went in. Yep. Think of a Who fuck. was a black sharecropper. God damn it. They took a 16-year-old daughter, Annette, while holding her mother at gunpoint. They took her deep into the swamp, raped her, and left her to find her own way home. Oh, my God. Mm. They were charged with forcible ravishment and kidnap. I'm... Forcible ravishment? Yes. Is when? that just a fancy yes. phrase for rape? Okay. Yep. You said this was 1956, right? When the yes. fuck did we decide that forcible ravishment is no longer a thing? Because that was not that long ago, and yeah. that's a crazy crime. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Did it... Wait, they're Nobody two separate wanted... things? They didn't just rename it? I mean, I'm wonder... I, I don't know. Like, did I don't know we decide... it's still a legit charge. Yeah. Forcible, forcible ravishment. ravishment. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? It sounds like it sounds like sexy. Fifty Shades. Like. It's, yeah, it sounds like Wuthering Heights. Like I, I fucking yeah, hate I like it. it. <laughs> Only one this of the trash. four served time in prison. Of course. I'm surprised one of them did. Ernest Dillon pled guilty. I got a great idea. Oh. And was sentenced to twenty years in prison. They were probably like, "Son, you don't want to do that." 
Yeah, Stop the other three serve no jail time. Congrats on your conscience. You're still a piece of shit. Right. One of the three pled guilty for kidnapping. Another was acquitted despite a confession. And the third <sighs> had his charges dismissed after the trial produced a hung jury. Once again, black people are not people in the eyes of most people can we, in the justice system at this point. Can we get a fucking time machine and then just go back and, like... Kill everyone? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Between 1940 to 1955, only 10 white men were convicted of raping black women or girls in Mississippi. 10 people. 10 white men. Out of however Even many. though it was happening regularly. Right. Mm-hmm. Is the Bailey's gone now? It's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> the emergency Bailey's is gone. <laughs> we're not even done. No, we're not. Okay, so this is horrible, hideous. Yeah. So, Reese's rape was not an exceptional occurrence, as mm-hmm. we've just kind of pointed out. God. Right. So, it <sighs> it was the white man's threat to women, as lynching was the white man's threat to men right. of color. Sure. Because they normally didn't lynch women. I mean, oh, fuck. Yeah. But Rosa Parks kept doing what she does best. Yeah. Keeping, I like her. Keeping on going. <laughs> even Damn Rosa. When she's been kicked. Hell she yeah. She just kept on trucking. Hell yeah, Rosa. And eventually <laughs> pushed this far enough and got it the enough attention mm-hmm. that Governor Sparks. Great last name. Who is the governor of Alabama. Chauncey Sparks. Fabulous name! Anyway, he's probably a dick. Sounds like a detective. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, he reluctantly agreed to launch an investigation. Okay. Because they called him out on the fucking carpet. Good. (laughs) That's my girl Rosa. That's awesome. Yeah. And he re-interviewed the sheriff, the arresting sheriff, who then falsely claimed that he started an investigation of his own immediately after the attack and also claimed that he had arrested all of the men involved in the rape two days after the assault. What? And That's he had like placed, the opposite of what happened. Uh-huh. He was lying. And that he had placed Hugo Wilson, <laughs> Shockers, the guy who owned the car and was driving, under a $500 bond. Now, how much did we say that bond was? Like 200 250 Yeah. For all six of them. Ugh. Yes. He Suck also my ass. This sucks. Yeah, he also acu- <laughs> accused Reese of being, quote, nothing but a whore around Abbeville. Great. Yeah, End on quote. her way home from church. Yeah, what a and slut. that she had been treated for some time by the health officer at Henry County for venereal disease. Oh my god. And even then, who, mm. who fucking cares? Mm. Like, even, even after, like, later... There were other white men in the community who stood up for her, Good. saying that she was upstanding, respectable, hmm. and she abided by the town's racial and sexual mores. Oh. She does everything we want her to, so... Yeah, yeah. she stays in her own little box and mm-hmm. doesn't make any waves. Great. Cool. So then the investigators <laughs> interviewed the rapist. Four of the seven men admitted to having intercourse with her. Oh. Wait, Seven? Four of the seven. I thought there was six. There was the there guy was she named and then six more dudes. Oh, yeah. But only six math. of them raped I'm her. I'm sorry. Right. Six of them raped her and four of them admitted to it. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. And by cool, I mean not cool. Right. 
but the least cool. They just admitted to having intercourse. And, not and said that she was basically a prostitute and a willing participant. Oh, God. One of the other guys denied knowing anything about the attack. However, <laughs> Joe Culpepper admitted that he and the other rapists were out looking for a woman that night on the attack. And that Lovett, our good old army guy. Mm-hmm got out of the car with a gun and spoke to Taylor and that Taylor was forced into the car and later forced out of the car and made to undress at gunpoint and then went through the whole story. So he's the only one who was like, yeah, no, this was rape. Jesus. But even with this information, the attorney general, and this is, this is where I got my 1945 date. This was the second grand jury. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's two. Yeah. The attorney general failed to convince the jurors of Henry County that there was enough evidence to indict the seven suspects when he presented Taylor's case on February 14th, 1945. Mm. Son of a fucking bitch. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should have saved that Bailey's. I should have saved that fucking (laughs) Bailey's. God damn it. So she stayed in Abbeville with her family. Okay. And, and I'm assuming throughout all of this, the fucking terrible shit happened. Like she still didn't leave. Yeah, she was still treated like garbage. Cool for two decades. Oh my god! Eventually, she moved to Florida, and was picking oranges. She separated from her husband. Mm. That sucks. And her only child died in a car accident in 1967. Oh my god, God. Reese! Oh, so she lived in Winter Haven, Florida. Until her family brought her back to Abbeville when her f- health started failing. Oh okay. God. Yeah. And then she passed away not that long ago. I think last year. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, December 28th, 2017, a few days before her birthday. But there's some good news. I, you're like, <laughs> I'm not said, even sure. When you said there was some good news, you you kind of gave a look that said, is it really good you're news? You're not sure. And now I'm concerned. I don't like it. She was I'm 97. Concerned. She was 97, okay. Rough she you. fucking yeah. lived so long despite she, so much shit. I lived, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> so, I there was a book released... Of Danielle L. McGuire's book, and that it's called At the End of the Dark Street, Black Women, Rape, and Resistance, A New History of the Civil Rights Movement from Rosa Parks to the Rise of Black Power. Ooh, wow. And it led to formal apologies from the Alabama legislature. Oh, it took how long, though? 2011. God, mm. Teresa Taylor, on behalf of the state, quote, for its failure to prosecute her attackers, end quote. I hate it so much. Wow. And That was them saving face. Yeah, and a joint resolution was adopted by the Alabama legislature on April 21st, 2007, <sighs> stating, Be it resolved by the legislature of Alabama, both houses thereof concurring, that we acknowledge the lack of prosecution for crimes committed against Reese Taylor by the government of the state of Alabama, that we declare such failure to act was and is morally abhorrent and repugnant 
and that we do hereby express profound regret for the role played by the government of the state of Alabama in failing to prosecute the crimes. Be it further resolved that we express our deepest sympathies and solemn regrets to Reese Taylor and her family and friends. I mean, like, none of, like, without context... I feel like that isn't even an apology. No, but the thing is, like, without context, that's an okay thing, but, like... This shit still happens. Oh there are still miscarriages of justice involving black people every goddamned day. Yep. It's such an empty gesture. It's too little too late. Yeah, yep. we're sorry that happened a long time ago. Right, we're sorry we did that thing where we forgot you were a person for a bit. Even though we still do that. Yeah, even though we still do it and we've changed nothing about our justice yeah. system. But, I will say this. She got to do a cool, a few nice things. She got a visit from State Representative Dexter Grimsley... With Abbeville Mayor Ryan Blablock. I don't know. <laughs> Blocklock? Blah, 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 blah. or Lombok? <laughs> I feel like those are different. Blah, 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 <laughs> From Mayor Blah, blah. And Henry <laughs> County probate judge Joanne Smith. Mm-hmm. They apologized to her and they did the apology on Mother's Day in 2011 mm-hmm. when she was visiting a church in Abbeville. Ooh, okay. The same church she was leaving when she was kidnapped. Oh my god, she still went to that church? Yeah. What? Ooh, Rock Hill Holiness Church. That is some strength right there Get to go it. back. Wow. Wow. And she but- said, I have a quote from her. It said, If I felt good, that was a good day to present it to me. I wasn't expecting that. Oh. I mean, if she has a, if she had a good memory out of that, like that's something. Yeah. I liked it. I hope it wasn't just like them being like, all right. And she was still alive when mm-hmm. the documentary "The Rape of Reese Taylor" was screened at the New York Film Festival. Oh wow! She mm-hmm. got to visit the White House. Oh. And attended a forum on Rosa Parks. Oh, dope! Yeah. I'm sure, she was like, yeah, I knew that lady. She fucking yeah. rocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Reese Taylor. Reese Taylor. So, um, so, yeah. When we started this, we weren't sure, we're not, we're still not sure if it's going to be a two parter, um, just because we wanted to make sure that Reese Taylor's story and the uh, Tulsa race riot story both got uh, the time they deserved. Yeah. So, um, we're just, we're going to put in, here's our little end if this is the end of one episode. Yeah, we need to grab some more booze at the very least. Uh, this We might also be able to fit this into one just sort of longer sure. episode that we hope you guys will put up with and stick around. Um, but either way, um, yeah, this might be the end of an episode or it might not. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, thanks yeah. guys. How you doing? Well, I'm doing just fine. I lied, I'm dying inside. Sure, how we can get through this episode without more alcohol, because we're going to get really mad at white people. Yeah, um, regardless of how many episodes this ends up being, we're doing it all in one night, and we just got done talking about Reese Taylor and all the injustices, and now my dumbass is going to talk to you about Black Wall Street and the Tulsa race riots of 1921. Um, so we're going to take a shot. (laughs) Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Wow, that's terrible. There's some shit. You guys, it was vodka, but it also had reds in it. We don't know why. We made that decision last minute because if you put vanilla vodka in reds, it tastes like caramel apple. But it turns out if you put reds in vanilla vodka, (laughs) it does does not not taste like (laughs) caramel apple. (laughs) It 
tastes like Russia. <laughs> it tastes like Russia. The just portions were off, you guys. <laughs> it was fine. Like, it really wasn't that it bad. Was it was still bad. vanilla fucking vodka. It was bad. All right. So, now that we've done this. <laughs> um, and actually, we are eventually, we're probably going to have Kat do the honors of refilling our shots so that um, when we need it, partway through this story, which we all will at whatever varying times, um, we will just be able to take that shot. My name is Kat. I will be your friendly Canadian barback. <laughs> just the barback? Thank bar you back? so much. Thank you so much. Tender. Bartender. Let's talk about race riots. Oh my god, I don't want to. <laughs> all right, so. Subtle. So. Um, Hashtag subtle. So I just want to, I'll, I'll mention a couple of names of two survivors in particular that I'm going to mention. Um, there are obviously, um, there are lots of survivors of this story, but it's sort of hard to find specific information and quotes from them, given that this happened in 1921. Um, so our first survivor that we are going to hear from, his name is Otis G. Clark. Otis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it already. The reason why we hear from Otis is because he died on May 21st, 2012 at the age of 109. He lived. Yeah. He, he lived, did. bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. He was I can't 18. take you guys anywhere. I know. <laughs> Even to your own house. Even to my own. I live bucket. here. <laughs> um, so Otis uh, was 18 at the time of the riot, um, and he has given accounts to several different media organizations, and I will be including some quotes from him in the story. And the second one is uh, Mary E. Jones Parrish, um, who I will sort of get to at the end. Um, she lived through the riot as well and then had a big part in making sure that people remembered it. So, a little bit of background. Um, oh, boy. Buckle up, kids. So it's 1921, mm. and I really wanted to scream that like Dave Anthony on the dollop, but I didn't, so you're fucking welcome. That's ten years before Fantastic Beasts takes place. Thank you. You fucking <laughs> nerd. <You're welcome. laughs> Jesus. It's Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Nothing really awesome comes out of Oklahoma. Absolutely fucking not. Except for my friend Raven. She's cool. Yes. That's she and an the exception. winds that go sweeping down the plains. Accurate. No. <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma has been experiencing in a like a population boom for the last few years leading up to 1921. That is thanks to oil being a thing that they found there. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's moving to Tulsa. Crime is a big god damned deal in Tulsa at this time. god damned deal. <laughs> um, according to an episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class, which I listened to as my like precursor to researching this, um, speakeasies were popping up all over the place because this is 1921 and it's yep. Prohibition times. Yep. Um, so many cars were stolen in Tulsa, <laughs> uh, like all the time, that car insurance companies just started canceling their policies there. What? <laughs> They'd just be like, yeah, you live in Tulsa, yeah. you don't have is car insurance. Is this the wild? West? Um, it's oh it's fucked God. up in Tulsa. However, there is one suburb that is doing okay. It is the suburb of Greenwood. Um, all things considered, it's doing pretty dope. Despite Greenwood all this stuff. doing good. Yes, Greenwood. Green good. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate you. I know, I'm sorry. Greenwood was a community in Tulsa north of the Frisco Railroad tracks. And... Um, when the neighborhood first started, the area was unfortunately known by white residents as Little Africa. Oh my god! It wasn't always called Little Africa. Nope. Um, by 1921, Greenwood had grown to about 15,000 residents, the vast majority of whom were black. Um, around this time, the neighborhood took on a new name. Um, today we call it Black Wall Street. That's not what it was called before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say what it was called before. Does it have the N-word in it? It's the not as bad N-word. 
but it's still not fun to say. Do you want me to say it? Please yeah. do, Emily. <laughs> the Negro Wall Street. Yes. That is what it was called. That's what it was called. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, so the neighborhood, the Greenwood, was thriving. Um, it was considered by many to be a largely self-sufficient neighborhood. Um, this is Otis Clark. This is a quote from him. He described it like this. Um, we had what you might say was a little city, like New York or Chicago. We had two theaters, two pool halls, a hotel, cafes and stuff. That's more than lacrosse. We had an amazing little city. Yeah, this is one neighborhood in Tulsa has, like, everything you would need to make one little city. It just happens to be north of the tracks yeah. of the rest of the city. Um, for those that aren't really aware of the civil rights timeline, is this, this is, this is way, 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 way before, like... 1948 to 1968. No, no. So there was still segregation. Yes. 1896, Jim Crow. Jim Crow started, yeah, in 1896. Oh, 1896. So, yes. Okay, it's... so segregation is still fucking there. Yes. Okay. In fact, this directly comes into play uh, oh, right. right now. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> oh, I, I should say Greenwood um, was not only sort of, it didn't just have sort of the touristy stuff and a lot of um, people who lived there. It also was home to many thriving black-owned businesses and was also... Um, home to many of the most prominent black lawyers and doctors and young professionals in Tulsa. Tulsa, So it was like a really nice neighborhood where all the black people congregated because cool. it was the only place they could really be and not, you know, yeah. be constantly subject to some shit. So, um, that was nice and then everything was bad. All of a sudden, <laughs> real fast, real, real fucking fast. May 30th, 1921, Dick Rowland was a black man who worked as a shoe shiner uh, in the Drexel building on Main Street, which had segregated bathrooms and no bathroom for black people. So by segregated so bathrooms, by, I mean they had yeah. a bathroom for white dudes. That, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Shit. So um, Rowland worked there, and his boss had arranged for him to use the bathroom on the top floor of the building next door. Oh my so god! So convenient. Should you need to piddle? I oh. like to think that uh, he had it all to himself, and he got to take the most righteous shits there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that makes me feel a little better about it. So, um, whenever he needed to go to the bathroom, he went next door and then took the elevator to the top floor. The elevator he took uh, was operated by a young white woman named Sarah Page. Her, yeah. She was seventeen years old. On May thirtieth, a clerk at the store at one of the stores in the building heard a woman's screams in the elevator and saw a black man run from the building. Allegedly. I do want to put... That, I hate that word. This allegedly. Is, but this is the thing. Like, this is just the inciting incident of the thing I'm about to talk about. I do think it's important to note that um, Dick Rowland was not convicted of any crime from this. However, <laughs> it was assumed that he had raped or attempted to rape Sarah Page. Um, but again, when he finally went to trial, he, there was no evidence he was not convicted. Um, but that didn't fucking matter on May 30th. <laughs> um, police arrested Roland on May 31st, based on this crack eyewitness testimony. Woo! Uh, and then the shit started almost immediately. Do yeah. you have any, I'm sorry, do you have any, like, was the elevator girl going, oh yeah, I totally did it? Or was it just this witness? But here's the thing about this, is that um, if... It's presumed that if they were doing their job, they talked to Sarah Page. However, there is yeah, no record of her testimony. Yeah. There also, is no record of her story. were very easily made because black men were viewed as monsters, basically. Yeah. Who wanted to rape who white women. Who wanted to rape white women. So, like, they'd be courteous to a white woman Jesus. in passing. And right. it was an invitation 
to get dirty, basically. Right. Apparently. Sorry I said hello to you. I mean, yeah, like, black men have been killed for less. So, yeah. Like, black very simply. Black men were killed for looking at a guy's lady. Right. If she was white. Yeah. So we don't actually know if they talked to Sarah Page about what her side of the story was. Um, if or they if they did, cared. Yeah, exactly. If they did, that's there's no record of it, which means that they don't care. I didn't mean to do to, uh, do No, that's fine. Um, that's totally fine. But yeah, that's the thing is there's just very little going on with this fucking case. But he's arrested on May 31st. And then they take him to a police station. But then almost immediately they have to move him to the Tulsa County Courthouse top floor because someone threatened his life. Oh, my God. Yep. So um, the Tulsa Tribune then reported on this. And the Tulsa Tribune is a fucking horrible paper at this time. Holy fucking shit. They're the worst. So they reported on this with a story titled NAB... The not as bad N, N word. Negro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For attacking girl in an elevator. Like, nab. Like, do it. Like, go. Mm-hmm. Get him. <laughs> like, and then they may have also included another article about a plan to lynch Roland. What? Yeah. But, but, literally every copy of this newspaper no longer exists. Oh my god, that's In- shady. Including the microfilm that you would go and find at an archive. It's been <laughs> ripped out. That's so shady. You can't fucking find oh it. Oh my god. Yeah. Literally the page where the, like, the supposed article used to exist is just ripped out and you can't, no one knows. We have yeah. to hire Nick Cage to get this back. It's our only chance. Seriously, test. National Treasure 4. Anyway. Fuck Tulsa. <laughs> National shame. Um, yeah. anyway. Like, so, so much from this period. So, like, if, if there's anything more incriminating than that, honestly, like, this definitely happened. It was definitely in the paper. That's why yeah, it's been ripped out. that's... Ooh. So, um, the, the paper goes out with all this shit in it, and by that evening, there are hundreds of white people outside the courthouse demanding Roland be turned over to them. The sheriff was like, no, and also go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so good on him, at least. Yeah. It turns out, uh, turns out the guy who had preceded him as sheriff had been sheriff at the time when another black man was dragged from the courthouse and lynched. So he was like, fucking not this time. Like, straight up like, dragged up from the courthouse. Yep. Like, everyone knew. But that. It was they a took pretty him standard thing. Yep. They, don't, they didn't get trials. No. They were just lynched immediately. Yes. So yeah. this sheriff was like, absolutely fucking not. So um, he did have his, his police officers take several precautions to keep anyone from reaching Roland. So they had, like, barricades and shit between every floor um, to stop people from getting up to Roland. Meanwhile, That's 30 cool. black World War I veterans from Greenwood armed themselves because they were like, holy shit, they're going to kill Roland. And he probably didn't do anything. Um, so we're going to go to the courthouse and try to support the police. Um, oh, I can guess what happens from here. Uh, well, um, it's, yeah, uh, <laughs> probably. Yeah. So the thing is, though, um, these initial 30 men just went there. They had guns just because they already had them. And uh, <laughs> the police. One vets. Exactly. The police were like, look at what, like, this is the building is on lockdown. He is safe. And then they went home for the most part. Not all of them, but most of them were like, okay, we believe you. But then I've written white people. <laughs> white people. <laughs> I wrote that a lot in here, you guys. <laughs> the crowd at You're the courthouse. Yeah, no, I'm not wrong. <laughs> then mm-hmm. white people, though. 
The crowd at the courthouse saw the armed black men and decided to arm up themselves. Mm. So yep. this included going to the National Guard Armory of Tulsa and just taking stuff. The, just yeah. taking stuff. The National Guard was like, oh yeah, cool, what do you need? Do you need some semis? Do you need some what's up? Pro- I mean, I'm not, I'm sure there were people there who were just well, like, yeah, there cool. were probably also war vets. So um, by this point, the crowd had swelled to over 2,000 white people and many mm. of them now had guns. That's so cool. Black people from Greenwood then responded uh, by driving by the courthouse with their guns just to see how things were going to make sure that they weren't storming the courthouse and letting the white people know that they were prepared to defend Roland from the white mob. This was, of course, viewed as a... Negro. Uprising. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, as you can imagine, right around this courthouse are thousands of people who just have guns and are waiting for some shit to pop oh off. Oh, my God. And so the tension is very, very high. Add on top of that the fact that there was already tension it. from the success of Black Wall Street because they made a very thriving community Yeah, it sounds like they were killing yes. it. They yeah, were they, were doing, they were doing really well. Yeah. Super, super well. Again, like, there were tons of businesses and entrepreneurs and lawyers and doctors yeah. who all lived there, yeah. and, like, the crime was lower there. They were doing really well for themselves, and that did not sit well with white people to begin with. As we will see, honestly. Yeah. Like, I hate other people's it. successes. Exactly. Because it's not theirs. Right. So, um, so tensions are pretty high. It's getting into the evening. A second group of black men go to offer support to the sheriff around 10 p.m. And they are once again declined. Um, then, um, this is, it's unknown exactly how this played out, but it's said that a white man tried to take the gun from one of the black men. A scuffle happened and a shot was fired. And then everything Everything happened. Everything happened so so much. much. (laughs) Like... That's, I mean, all it is, it's one gunshot. Everybody's waiting for that one fucking gunshot for it all to pop off, and one it happens. One person needs to do one thing before it starts. One gunshot. Yep. And all these people were armed. It was going to happen. to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Or shoot, apparently, as it happened here. Shots fired uh, immediately. Shots were fired by the white mob. And then, in response, the group of black men fired some shots as well, because they were being fucking well, shot at. Yeah. yeah. Um, like- that's Black a men. natural response. <laughs> yes. We got guns. People are trying to kill us. I wonder what we should fucking do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the black men did, did then retreat back to Greenwood and were followed by the yeah. white mob. What? Yep. Who continued oh, firing. Yeah. They also paused to do some light looting of the black-owned stores because, light yeah. Looting. Because, yep. I feel like light is probably... It was very heavy looting. I am joking. <laughs> it was very heavy looting. Um, again, they don't have any respect for these stores or the people who own them, so yeah. why oh, not? God damn. So trash them. Yep. The National Guard is called and arrives at 11 p.m. Um, they set about trying to subdue rioters, protect the courthouse, and patrol the streets. But... Unfortunately, the streets that they were patrolling were specifically not Greenwood, so it looked a lot like they were protecting the white neighborhood from the black neighborhood. Oh, my God. Hey, you know why it looked like that? Because that's what the fuck they were doing. (laughs) Because, hey, guess what? It's 1921. Um, They started detaining all the black people who had not gone back to Greenwood and just holding them in places. Which is cool. That's awesome. Meanwhile, gunfights and looting continued throughout the night in Greenwood. Um, small groups of white people were still trying to storm the courthouse. They would just come back and be like, hi, no. us again. Uh, by 1 a.m. in the morning of June 1st, we're now in the next day, 
the the white mob starts to set fire to businesses oh, in going southern strong. Greenwood. It's, yeah. it's the next oh, day, and they're still fucking yeah. going. I mean, it is 1 a.m., so it's not, like, far into the next they're day. Still, but it is They're the still day. going. We're still doing it, and now we're setting fire to businesses. That's awesome. So these fucks also proceeded to point guns at the fire department when they arrived to put out the fires. What? More than two dozen businesses burned within the next hour. So, like... Sorry, I gotta just pause this for mm-hmm. a minute because I can't wrap my head around it. The police or the firefighters were like, "Well, shit, there's a fire. We gotta pull it out." And everybody was like, mm, "Yeah, but these are like black fires, so don't bother." <laughs> like, is that what was happening? Yeah. Except, except, like, the thing is, like, the the yeah, the fire department was trying to do their job, and then the white mob was like, Mm-mm. "No, I have a gun to your head. You don't put this fire out." Cat's taking her shot. This was it for Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it, my dude, my friend. I hate it so much. It's fucking horrible. This is a quote. Hold on. Yeah, from Otis Clark, who was again there. Gunfire and the blaze from the fire was getting closer, he told the Tulsa World in 2000. And we all, all we had on our minds was getting out of the house before the war got there. Mm-hmm. He went to a mortuary where another man was planning to get an ambulance out of the garage to help victims of the violence. And That's a solid plan. But, um, so this Otis uh, then says the man who was getting the was getting the ambulance. He says that man uh, was just about to open the door when a bullet shattered his hand into pieces, blood flying everywhere. So that's something that Clark recalls. Holy shit! Um, so by early morning, a mass. <laughs> it's like four or five in the morning. Uh, a mass exodus of Greenwood has begun. Many black residents are fleeing for their lives. Yeah, their homes are on fire. There was more looting and breaking into homes, and apparently airplanes got involved at some point, and they started dropping firebombs on people's what homes. What the how? I, just, I don't know where they got airplanes. I, just, I, I don't know where they got airplanes. Which Those fucking connected fucks. white dude was like, I've got the perfect idea, you mm-hmm. guys. Uh, many black people were fleeing. Um, but those who were caught were rounded up and detained at various centers around the city, which is yeah. just great. Just great. Yeah. Um, oh, they yeah, estimated it's it, definitely there. What the fuck is wrong with people? They estimated that at least a thousand people were rounded up and just, just brought to gen- like various public buildings to be of kept there. Of all ages. Oh, yeah. Why? Why? Just because... Because were, white people thought black people were all at fault. They so they're like, just put them somewhere. White people somewhere. were firebombing black people's neighborhoods, and they're like, oh, it's them blacks' faults. Like, this I don't understand. 1921. There's nothing to understand. It's systematic. It's institutionalized. Yeah. It's literally every just, institution that is supposed to protect the public is not there to protect black people. They don't we see them as... Because we were three-fourths of a person until not that long ago. So... Uh, Otis Clark, once again, uh, was one of the people who was able to flee the city successfully. Fuck yeah, Otis. He went to the railroad tracks and waited for a freight car and hopped on it, and he didn't get off till Milwaukee. Good, good. Holy Liter- shit, good. Literally, he was like, I'm not leaving this train. And then he was like, Take it's me cold. North. It's really fucking cold I'm up here. I'm just going to stay on it for a little bit longer. <laughs> so the National Guard was once again called in. Just like more of them, the state is involved at this point. It's not the yeah. governor, but it's like it's like the attorney general calls in like, the national hey. guard. They declare martial law at nine in the morning the next day. <laughs> um, yeah. So it took them how long? Uh, I mean, it it started at like seven at night the night previous. It is now actually martial law was called at noon the next day. So it's it's less than. 24 hours, it's like 12 hours. It's like 12 hours of pure looting, shots fired, fire bombing, fire set, murder. 
and then they are like, oh my fucking god, you can't do this. Like, what the, what fuck the is hell? going on in Tulsa? So they declared martial law, and, um, there was just mo- basically all that resulted in was more rounding up of black people because wow. they believed that that would stop the rioting because they thought it was the black people's fault because, of course. The so, truth does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> so the aftermath. They were able to subdue, air quotes, the riot, air quotes, by bringing in all these black people. Yep. Um, but mostly because I'm sure the white people were like, well, there's no more black people to attack. So I guess we all go home. No, it's either we Y'all want to go home? Other. Right. So the Tulsa Tribune, our favorite paper. Oh, yeah. Mm. I love that jam. Reported originally that nine whites and 68 blacks died in the riot. Then the very next day reported that nine whites and 27 blacks had died. What? Those are both incredibly fucking low numbers. Um, the reporting is all over the place. So they took the facts and went, mm, listen, we fucked this over the first time. Let's just fuck it up even more. Yeah, dude, it's the media. Anyway, like... <laughs> <laughs> the Red Cross, who came in to help, um, had the... It de- was a national... Da- it was uh, a national are the Red Cross cool people? Sometimes. It okay. depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> the, Red, the Red Cross That's had a, a whole nother story. A, a black man who specifically was there with the Red Cross had the death toll as high as 300 black Holy people. That sounds about right. Fuck. It is impossible to know how many people died because many black bodies were disposed of in unmarked mass graves or were thrown in the fucking river. Yep. And that is where I'm going to take the shot because they will never know how many people died. Otis Clark said my home was burned down, my bulldog Bob was killed, my stepfather was killed. We never did find him and never had a funeral. He was Uh, probably buried in a mass fucking grave. So we're going to take a shot for Otis Clark and his stepfather and his bulldog Bob. Poor Bob. So yeah. This is fucking hideous horrible. Greenwood... All total. Yeah, bitch, I'm not done. Greenwood lost 35 square blocks to fire. 191 businesses, a junior high, several churches, and the only hospital in the area. Fuck. 10,000 black people were estimated to have been made homeless by the destruction. And then, white people again. (laughs) Fuck, don't fuck it. I don't need... An investigation was launched by the state attorney general. Good. Mm. An all-white jury was chosen. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) And they attributed the riot to the black community. They indicted 85 people on various charges. No one, no one was convicted of property damage or murder. Oh, my God. So fuck is what's in my fucking notes. Please pour me another shot right now. This is the worst uh uh-oh feeling podcast. (laughs) I'm so mad right now. I mean, we have really done some shit in the past, but, like, this is institutional and it's really upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. This is... I wish I was done. Fuck you, Taylor. A committee was... I'm so so close. I'm very close. Mm -hmm. A committee was convened to raise money for Greenwood to rebuild. Um, I am trying to remember who did this. I accidentally cut out who did this. I think it's the, um, the uh, governor at the time. I forget his name. Tulsa can only redeem herself from the countrywide shame and humiliation into which she is today plunged by complete restitution and rehabilitation of the destroyed black belt. Weird. <laughs> they, they all took karate. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> By the way, they were ninjas. Well, you <laughs> know, they had the Bible belt, and mm-hmm. then you had and then the, the black belt. belt. 
The rest of the United States must know that the real citizenship of Tulsa weeps at this unspeakable crime and will make good on the damage so this? far as it can be done when to the last this? penny. This is, this is still happening then, yeah. Despite the promise of funding, blacks still spent the winter of 1921 to 1922 in tents. I, I mean, it's, okay, it's in Oklahoma. I it's understand Oklahoma. it's the South. <laughs> But more to the point, was anybody helping them, or was it just like, eh, no, you're good. They you were helping tents. each other. They were, yes, and like there were some people who were like, yeah, we should, but then funding wasn't coming in. But then white people again. There's more. A group of influential. I don't like this. Oh God, cat. A group of influential. Oh God, I know what's happening. Cat, pour yourself another shot. A group of influential white developers persuaded the city to no. pass a fire cat, ordinance. Pour it. A fire ordinance that would have prohibited many blacks from rebuilding in Greenwood. Why? Specifically just, homes. Just They wanted Greenwood to be a business district. They didn't want black people to live there anymore. So they made it so you couldn't. Where would they go? They don't care. They don't care. Um, one of our other survivors that I mentioned at the beginning, her name is Mary E. Parrish. Her daughter, her and her daughter lived through the riot um, and she was one of the only people who did that who was also trained as a journalist. Um, so later Ooh, on, yeah. she was asked, she was commissioned to collect writings, first-hand accounts, and photographs of what had happened. She published uh, the events of the Tulsa disaster in 1921. Um, when it was reprinted, I think it might now be called Race Riot 1921. I gotta pick that up. Um, it's fucking dope. Originally, um, only a couple dozen things were printed, probably because of a white benefactor, to be honest. Like, nobody wanted to print this for her. Yeah. Um, but now the book is more widely available. You can find it on Amazon. I did. Um, <laughs> I gotta buy me that shit. Now, um, the final thing I'll talk about is um, just some more shit. I'm sorry. Um, do you have that shot, cat? I do. Oh, my in, God. In 19... This is not going to be the Get Cat Drunk Because She's Angry podcast. <laughs> in 1996, following increased t attention uh, to the riot because of the 75th anniversary of the event, the state legislature of Oklahoma authorized um, the Oklahoma Commission to investigate the Tulsa race riot, appointing individuals to study and prepare a historical account of the riot. Um, in addition to doing that, the commission also gave some recommendations for what should be done by the state of Oklahoma. The top two are direct payment of reparations to survivors mm -hmm. of the 1921 Tulsa race riot okay. and direct payment of reparations to descendants of the survivors. Okay. In addition to, they were saying scholarships, um, funds should be available to students who affected by the Tulsa race riot. Um, there should be an establishment of an economic development enterprise zone in uh, the historic area of the Greenwood District, um, and a memorial for those who died. Yeah, at least put up a fucking statue. <laughs> this commission got gave this proposal to the legislature in 2001. The state legislature passed in 2001 cool. the 1921 Tulsa Race Riot Reconciliation Act. It does... I More, feel, no, hang on, you it, hesitated on that, it creates, and now I'm worried. Well, because here's the thing. It, it creates 3, 300 college scholarships for descendants of Greenwood residents. Cool. It created a memorial for those who died. Cool. Uh, the John Hope Franklin Reconciliation Park. Cool. And there is some new money for economic development in Greenwood. There were no reparations granted to those who survived or to their descendants. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That means nobody was like, hey, we're sorry we fucking firebombed and started a giant. Yeah. They like, just, they just. Well, because reparations usually come in the form of money based on the economic impact that horrible thing had on you and your family. Which was a fucking lot. 
And yeah, and like there was none of that. They did not none? give none, zero. Um, other than the scholarships, which is not the direct so, money that reparations are. Hold on. Let me just, let me just, let me just bring that up. <laughs> I'm going to take no, a I'm shot. No, I'm going to make you even matter. Because oh. that also happened for Reese Taylor's case. They did unnamed reparations. So, so. Cat's <laughs> dying. This is, this is just, okay, I'm just going to dumb it down a lot so <laughs> I can understand it on my level. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, you know, we'll, we'll we'll pay our way to college, which is which is all right. We'll we'll do that. There's a there's a statute going. Hey, you know, this thing existed and this thing happened. We're not gonna actually say we're sorry. We're not, not gonna actually. Monet- we're, not, we're not gonna actually be like, hey, your family, like we did so much monetary damage that you could have like, mean, saved up over the years. So we're just gonna give you that back because we fucked up. Right. They just didn't do that. Right. The Black Wall Street Memorial is very nice. Yeah. Um, and It's very nice, and I'd love to see it. There's also a Greenwood Cultural Center, which seemed really cool. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's the thing. Historically, our country doesn't do reparations. Every, people think we should, um, and we haven't. Not for slavery. I got no, a newsflash for you. <laughs> it's not slavery, but uh, Canada's not too cool on that when it comes I to bet. First Nations either. <laughs> I fucking bet. Yeah, we don't want to give the money up, apparently. Cause no. Mm-mm. No, that's no, a, that's no. That's a step. Canada's really good at saying sorry, but, like, you know, forking over Exactly. Something that might actually change the lives of the people that they affected? No, absolutely not. (laughs) The last thing, and I'm sorry this is such a fucking bummer, y'all. The last thing, a lawsuit came up in 2003 that went all the way to the Supreme Court against the city of Tulsa and the state of Oklahoma for those reparations. The statute of limitations of this enormous injustice had already passed. What? So nothing happened. Uh, Bitch, yes. there was a riot. Yeah. Um, the statute of limitations to... is such It's a two pickle. years yeah. for stuff like this. Um, all attempts to pass a bill in Congress to change the statute of limitations for this specific case have failed as of 2012. Yeah. So um, That sounds about right. You yeah. know what? Um, Fuck that. That's what I have to say. If you want to learn more, um, the documentary Before They Die, The Road to Reparations for the 1921 Tulsa Race Riot Survivors, um, seemed like a dope documentary. It not only talks about this, but also about the um, black man who founded Greenwood and seemed really fucking cool. Yeah, that guy's guy's cool as shit. He eventually had to flee to California because some shit was going on. Oh my god. He actually, like, he was at this riot and he was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Bye-bye. But he was dope. Um, And then you can also visit the website um, where the photos that Mary Parrish collected are. And it is um, tulsaraceriot.omeka O-M-E-K-A dot net And then there's some more shit. But I think if you just went there, um, you would be able to find... Specifically, the photos that that Mary Parrish collected of the race riots themselves. Um, so that's pretty fucking interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, that was jacked. It was all kinds of fucked. I have never been angrier writing a thing. Um, when I was listening to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class, they were like, "Hey, you know, we have to stop recording a lot. It's like an inside joke with us. We're like, we get emotional and then we have to stop the recording for a few minutes and come back to it." I've never had to stop in the middle of researching yeah. until today. This whole thing See, is so. Mm. Here's the thing: when I and we're recording this the day after Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes, we are. My dad marched with him. It's very. Oh man. It's like a, this is like a big deal this, this week. Is, is, this week is hard. Yeah, this week for sure. is Yeah. So, I <laughs> so mean, thank I you guys. put this. Hold on. It's a lot of stoli. 
That was a little. You guys, we drank half a bottle of vodka while we were, more than half more a than bottle half of vodka while we were doing this. <laughs> I was worried that we weren't going to get through it. Um, <laughs> Wait, so the podcast um, or the bottle of vodka? I don't know. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Here's a here's a question. Here's a question. If we're all like upset about this and stuff, where do you, where where are we where do we channel our frustrations? Where do we channel our like this is not fucking fair feelings? Like, what do we do? Look into your community. See what activist groups are in your community. Reach out to the NAACP. Mm-hmm. Put in hours. They have chapters mm-hmm. all over. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you can't, I mean, there's okay. always donations you can make to organizations yep. that are fighting for equality. If yep. you don't have the money, you can donate your time. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for yep. volunteers. Yep. And and you're right. Like being in, in your community is like that's the biggest impact you can make. Like, then you actually feel like you're helping people you personally know. If there isn't one, look into getting it started. Yeah. You could be a leader. Just, you know, the only word of caution I can give, if you're in a predominantly white city, like, oh, I don't know, lacrosse. (laughs) Be careful how you go about it. Be respectful. I think, like, it's, you know, if you're a white person and you want to fight for racial equality, that's cool. Maybe find some people who are actually facing the inequality on a daily basis and ask them what they think would be helpful. <laughs> well, like, as opposed to like... just fucking doing some shit. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, we're not 100% the authorities on what's happening in your community, obviously. So, like, yeah, just do your due diligence about your own community. Figure out what organizations already exist. Don't be idealistic about finding solutions to this. It's a big, complicated issue that it people is. have been working on for it's decades. Hard. It's a long, slow climb, and you got to be in it for like the long haul. But right? it's yeah, and, I mean, but it's worth it. Yeah, it's better if you're a part of it, regardless. Yeah, or just don't be a dick. That's another. Thing. <laughs> also, just don't be a dick, <laughs> though. Yeah, don't don't be an asshole about it. Yeah, I believe it's Jesus who says, "Don't be a dick." I'm pretty sure he said that. <laughs> uh, that's uh, the on book a... of Mark. I'm pretty sure <laughs> with a C. On, um, that note. on that note, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. This has been the Uh Oh Feeling, and we will see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs>